Welcome to Fast Facts. I'm Jody. I'm Shelly. We're a new media concept, a co-working space in the design district called The Slate. The most amazing people have walked through these doors. Authors. Entrepreneurs. Community leaders. Dallas natives. And guests from near and far. We're going to bring them in this room and we're going to sit them down and we're going to ask them the questions you are asking too. These will be quick so you can listen on your drive in or your drive home. We are completely off the cuff, but that is the best part about Fast Facts. And the only person you can really be off the cuff with might just be your sister. Truth. Let's see who's slating it. We've got a therapist and speaker in the house, Kelly Jameson, our Kelly Jameson Shelley. Our favorite. We the person her. that is like on speed dial. Yes. And <laughs> when it's hitting the fan. <laughs> One of our most popular podcasts. That's why she's back in the hot seat. Hi, Kelly. Hi. Good to see you. Thanks for having me back. I mean, we're back in the saddle. It's fall. School's back. Week one went amazing. Mm-hmm. Week two, our crap was cratering, everywhere. Cratering. <laughs> and week three, wheels are off. Mm-hmm. Week four. I mean, it's to just. To be seen. Yeah. It's just kind of, you know, unfolding and unraveling. So I think what would be great today is to get some healthy habit tips Mm -hmm. from you of how to really get back and have consistency and good habits and what do we do and our my my kids are falling out about doing their work. I mean wheels are I feel like wheels are coming from unstructured to structured. How do we how do we hop from one to the Mm -hmm. other? Yeah, not easy. No, not easy at all. Well, in my house, it's a lot of. video games that they're just used to playing whenever mm-hmm. all summer mm-hmm. now suddenly that's limited and the screen time is limited and everyone's very upset about that <laughs> no <laughs> i'm shocked and then i'm the person who i like to start like 20 new things a day mm. and so we yeah. started wait for this one i'm an igniter it drives i think clay crazy probably me too, me too. it drives you crazy <laughs> wait what do you mean by igniter I start to, I, I come in every day mm-hmm. and I have 25 new ideas and I try to start 20 of them. Shelly because I know five might work. She pushes a lot of buttons. I push every, oh, that's a good analogy. Oh, I've used that a million times. I've never heard you say that. Oh. You get on the elevator, you push every button. We are starting self-starting Sundays. Ooh. Because I am done telling people what they should be doing and they need to tell me what they think they need to be doing. And we've created a list, but now I got to do it. I got to do it every Sunday. And then, so after I started it and I like put a whole show together mm-hmm. and I'm like, crap, now I got to do it (laughs) execution right so how do we do that yeah i have an instagram post that says like um best intentions poor executions yeah bingo yeah that's really it could be the execution's incredible the kids not so much right i mean (laughs) (laughs) but consistency is so hard it is plus based on personality style and so many things play into it so if you have the a type let's do that personality style a type getting back Mm-hmm. They're the ones who don't lose their homework, but they're uptight. What's your best advice for the A type mm-hmm. returning to school or returning to work? Pace yourself. Really, the A types, they don't get frustrated in themselves. They get frustrated with other people who are not A types. Interesting. So, you know, they know they're doing what they need to do, but their frustration comes out of other people around them not doing what they are supposed to be doing. Okay. So sometimes their meltdowns are really about other people, not necessarily themselves so then how do you help them well you have to remind them that not all people have the same work Mm -hmm. ethic and Mm -hmm. learning styles and 
daily habits and things like that, and that we need to practice a little grace. Mm-hmm. They always say, oh, let your kid fail. <laughs> like, so many, everything's about letting your kid fail, and we actually do, to a certain fail. degree. Are you English all of a sudden? <laughs> and it's like, are we really, I mean, how far do you yeah. let them fall? Because here's the thing. <laughs> My kids could fall down a ginormous tunnel if mm-hmm. I actually let go. Right. Fully. Yes. Um, that is a hard conversation here in Dallas. Mm. Yes, because no one's letting their kids fail. So then if you fail. No one. No one. Literally no one. No one. We, we want to. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. But then we think about how mm. it plays out to their... Their grade or their GPA or their standing on the team. And then we can't allow that to happen. So then we jump in. And so are we ruining them? Yes. Wow. This is, let's just stay right here. (laughs) We don't even need to get to B types. They're fine. Honestly, this is. (laughs) They're happy. (laughs) This is the thing. Like we are living in the Dallas bubble. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, right. Yeah. We are about achievement. We are about success and we are all doing it. Mm-hmm. We are all doing it, but we're not serving our children to develop their own skills. Right. Yeah. And then we launch them to college, which is a whole other, <laughs> which is a whole other issue. And they just can't, they just can't problem solve. They can't problem mm-hmm. solve. Mm-hmm. Okay. So how do we walk kind of a little bit middle of the road? Because, I mean, definitely at our school, they are like, please, especially in the first month, their grades still don't really matter. Let Mm -hmm. them tank. Well, Mm -hmm. guess what? Mm -hmm. I've said let them tank. Well, we are. Mm -hmm. So, but then I'm like, golly, are are we missing a concept? And Mm -hmm. And where's your pride? Mm -hmm. All these things. Um, So how do you swoop in? Because I wouldn't actually say a helicopter. Right. But you're not. Well, it's really, what are you valuing? Like in my house, I don't really, I mean, I have a high schooler now, so I let him, like he sees his grades, but my little ones, I don't, they don't see their report cards. Yeah, right, right. I just don't value that only because I guess as a therapist, I see the stress, Mm -hmm. the unnecessary stress that that causes. Like an elementary school child should not be aware of their grades or Mm -hmm. my fourth grader should not stress over a B versus a C. Like it just doesn't matter right now. Mm -hmm. Right. My high schooler. Yes, it matters a little more, but still at the end of the day, I'm not valuing that. Like everyone's going to college. They are. And you probably know by now if your kid's going to Stanford. Yeah. You know what? That is very true. Yeah. Yeah. Right. That is very true. But in therapy, I will say, where did your parents go to school? And if they say Cornell, Stanford, Yale, mm. Harvard, I kind of know what I'm up against. Mm-hmm. But if they give me like a garden variety state school, I'm like, okay. Mm-hmm. So this is all very much born and bred inside of your house based on what your value system is. So if I have these super type A academically oriented children, that is generally coming from a parental value system yeah. that yeah. overvalues education. And so what do you tell that child? So that child is like walks in, they kind of open up. And you're like, okay, I, I can see this is like kind of eating you up inside. What, what is some, is there like a tool? I know I love this old toolkit concept. You know, let's put some tools in our toolkit mm-hmm. to the kids. I love that What do phrase. I say as a mom or what do I say as a therapist? As a therapist. As a therapist, um, I help them understand like what the value system is in, in their home. Mm-hmm. If I say, sounds like your parents are really high achieving parents. Sounds like your parents really value your grades. And they're like, oh my God, yes. Uh-huh. And then I say, you know, there's really two types of parents. There's metrics parents, which I may have mentioned here mm. before. Metrics parents value the numbers that are attached to you. 
right? Your scores, your rank, your height, your weight, your standardized oh. test, your line on the sports team, like yeah. first string, second string, like those are metrics parents. Mm-hmm. And then there are heart parents, which are like, how was your day? Who'd you sit with at lunch? You know, did you get to hang out with Nick or Emily or whatever? And that's more the heart parents. So when I say that in therapy, the kids are like, oh yeah, well my dad is like a metrics parent. My mom is more of a heart parent or vice versa. Or worst case scenario, they say, oh, they're both metrics parents. <laughs> yeah. It's like if the parents yeah. are asking more about the numbers that are relevant to your life than the people in your life, mm-hmm. then you know what type of parent you have. Mm-hmm. And then how do you help them kind of adjust if they've got two metric parents well then i need to decide and ascertain if they've drank the kool-aid ah. like does the child believe that those numbers are important okay because really like our numbers are not who we are authentically we all have numbers attached to us right right, right, right. that's not necessarily who we are authentically if a child can articulate who they believe they are authentically then I, they're in better shape than a child who just tells me who they are and the numbers that are attached to them that that's what their story is, that they can't have their like own story. Okay, yeah. So you know what, you keep saying, you know, value system and, and what, I mean, what we always say, I mean, we've been trained on this from the start. I, so I don't know what we are actually, we're, we're, you better work hard and put pride into it. And if you get a C, but you really put hard work and pride into it, I'm not going to flip about the C. I'm really mm-hmm. not. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I am into the metrics, but not obsessive with the metrics as long as the pride is there. Mm-hmm. But, but Jody sometimes the I, metrics are how you tell the pride. Right. Thing. So it's, it's, that's a hard it's sure. a hard line to walk. So mm-hmm. yeah. But Jody and I just came back from this this event with Kendra Scott. And I think one of the things that came out the most was you always hear about culture, culture, culture. Um, mm-hmm. Some people think it's a fluff word. Other people live and die by it. Yeah. But like yeah. taking what I've seen in the business world and transferring it into the home, every single person in Kendra Scott was basically like our core values is why we're successful. Yeah. Because I don't hire anyone that doesn't have this heart. I don't have hire anyone who, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And then even when we we're talking about families, she had like core values for her families. Do you suggest that we literally have a mission statement for our family? Do you, do you see people do that? Is that a good idea? I suggest that you ask your children, either at the dinner table or individually, what does it mean to be a Jameson? Exactly. Mm. This is what, yes. I'm doing yes. this tonight. I yes. cannot wait. And to then say you yes. say nothing. Ooh. Yes. Because you do not want to guide them, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And you'll know based on their birth order, which one's looking at you like, what answer does she want? Well, we'll have to separate them because Hawkins will just say what Hutchison says. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Separate it's them. a really great exercise. And it really highlights what they understand the family value system to be. Uh-huh. You know, if, if I say, what does it mean to be a Jameson? And one of my children say, to be a Jameson means that we have fun. Uh-huh. I know I know the vibe that child is getting inside the house. Or if one of them says, well, a Jameson means that we work hard every day. Okay, well, that one's a little bit more in the danger zone, right, to me. <laughs> yeah. So that is a really, I think, smart activity to well, do, do you with your people. I feel like I, my kids actually listen to me when I'm upset if I say, this is not how the Hastings act. Mm-hmm. Oh, when you say that, I was like, I do that a lot. And I feel like that's pride. what gets their attention. Mm-hmm. It's not like you did something wrong. Like, this does not mm-hmm. comport with who the Hastings are. Well, it also, it's helpful, too, when they creep into those preteen teenage years and they start saying, mm-hmm. well, at so-and-so's house, they're allowed to do this. And, you know, Mr. and Mrs. So-and-so, yeah, yeah. they don't think that. And you can never argue with a child when you say, in our house, <laughs> we believe, or in our house, 
we don't do that at the table. And in our mm -hmm. house, and they can never argue with you because you set the rules in your house if your hierarchy is appropriate. And they know that they can't argue with that. So I'm, that's, a that's a line that we use in therapy quite a bit when coaching parents mm -hmm. is in our house, we put our devices up at night or in our house, we check in when we get somewhere. So they start to understand the family rules. Yeah. But family rules are different than family values. Right. But I do like just like a couple go-to phrases. In our house. Mm -hmm. I'm just going to no matter what. And that gives me time to think about what the next part of my statement is. Yeah, a go-to phrase is A go-to phrase. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, also at the um, when you were talking about the core values, she was almost saying your children are your like your employees, which is kind of like a weird concept, but it didn't sound well, remember totally remember at mom camp, Kelly yeah. Jameson over here said, problem with our society today is our kids are our new status symbol. Yeah, no, no, no. And yeah, that, that sure. is to to yeah. yes it really is so when you are working with an a-type child or an a-type parent how do you help discipline when they are out of the line where you're not hurting them because there's always this interesting line of i don't want to hurt the confidence i don't mm -hmm. want to take them to their knees but they need to know i mean business at the same time so how do you go about helping an a-type parent or child Navigate. Yeah, navigate conflict. Well, when you think of a type A child, give me an example of what they might need to be spoken to about. What's the Ooh. first thing that comes to your head? Your hypothetical just got real. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I have an example here. I think as an A type, sometimes I just want to check the boxes, get all the things accomplished, even if they are not accomplished to my greatest, most thoughtful you know, I, I didn't sit and research 20 ways to do this. I found two and I was like, great, we're buying that A-type check. I only have 10 minutes to do this check. But sometimes that's not always the best answer or you see your kids just going through the motions, trying to check the boxes, the get it done in the hour because the I'm metrics. going and I need to change my cleats and get ready because I have football followed by blank. Mm -hmm. um, how do you get them out of checking the boxes and actually caring? Well, I think being efficient, <laughs> being efficient is valued in certain circles right yeah. I, I literally just posted something about type a oh. people have social difficulty hmm. because being type a is helpful in a professional sense yeah it is valued and revered professionally because you look like a workhorse and you get things done that does not play out nicely in your social relationships interesting right mm -hmm. because you look like you can do everything pretty easily and that's annoying to be types <laughs> Right. And then we don't want to be your friends because you constantly remind us how much better we could be doing things. And this, you see this with children, like a lot of a type girls specifically start to get excluded because they start to become labeled as bossy. That's right. Mm. What about the perfectionist? I mean, not all a types are perfectionists and not all perfection are all perfectionists a type. Hmm. Uh, no, that's one for no. the ages. Yeah, that's a little more um, next level. But Scholars no. debate. Mm -hmm. No, but my example would be type A people being short with other people and hurting feelings. Yeah. And they don't necessarily see it that way. They see it as being efficient, mm -hmm. um, but it can cut quickly to people who are more sensitive mm -hmm. because it's more of a relational project than it is an efficiency project. It's mm -hmm. just they're coming at it in two different ways. And with your therapist hat on, what might you tell that right. child? Right. Well, that we have to talk about all the different styles. Mm -hmm. And um, I always talk about parents, right? Mm -hmm. like, because that's the humans that children most understand. So we talk about siblings and parents and just highlighting the different styles and recognizing what works for them, doesn't work for other people. And I always ask the question to a type A person, like, who do you admire the most and why? Oh. And oftentimes it's not a type A person. Mm -hmm. Interesting. 
And then we talk about that. Well, why do you admire them? And they're so nice. They're so sweet. Everybody likes them. Uh-huh. And you start to, to parlay the qualities of that person and sort of deposit that into the type A person. That's interesting. When are kids, for lack of better terms, like, this sounds terrible, but like cooked? Like, I, I always heard that like by, you mm-hmm. know, by third grade, or it was even earlier than that. I'm sure it's just some one thing I read at some point. Mm-hmm. When is your child kind of, not done, but like, hey, the fundamentals of who this person was born to be and how they are, and if they're short or they're A type or they're B type or whatever the case may be, when is that? And how much percentage do we have to play with mm-hmm. post-date? Yeah. Age five. Holy. Well, well, that's what I read. Goose is going great. (laughs) Okay. Age five. Personality is cemented by age five. Now. But not habits, right? No. And there's like trauma, you know, death, divorce, moving, all of, you know, big environmental disasters and things like that can affect. But foundationally, age five is when a personality is cemented. Wow. So, yeah, I was young. You're right. You read that. It's okay. I was right <laughs> which about is why, it. Which I is, wanted to not believe it. But. <laughs> which is why the poster about, like, everything you need to know you learned in kindergarten. You yeah. know, when you're five, you're in kindergarten. And kindergarten teachers, I don't know how many of them are your friends, but they can tell you Ooh. as they see their students evolve, uh-huh. they're like, not one single surprise. Oh, interesting. I'll be calling you Miss Cornelius momentarily yeah. to see what you think. Interesting. Okay. And so then post age five, I mean, just like with any human, a 30 year old, a 20 year old, how much do you have? Like, how much can we be molded out of 100%, 30%? Like, how much are we really working with when we're pushing our children and shaping mm-hmm. them? Yeah, I don't know the exact percentage. Yeah, like, right, just well, throw spaghetti on the wall. We're not like Shelly's not asking a scientific question yeah, here. Trust me. You're not a metrics person at <laughs> Actually, what's funny, I'm an A type that's not a perfectionist. So, yeah, mm-hmm. no, you're not. But that's because you're on the news. See, because there's, yeah, you just, exactly. I, I know that, she, well, mm-hmm. Shelly's efficient because the news goes on at five, and no matter yeah. what you have at 459, we're all talking yeah. at five. There's a lot of other professions. I do think that. But that was trained into me. Mm-hmm. I right. was not born like that. Yeah, we got commercial breaks. Right. Gotta wrap it up. Yeah. <laughs> wrap it up. <laughs> you don't get it to make well, it perfect. The, you get to go on To answer your question, you know, for example, mental health by. You know, puberty, mm-hmm. about half of mental health disorders show up during puberty. Okay. So you can have a totally health, don't, this is not to scare anyone. Yeah, mm-hmm. no, no. But, but you can have a developmentally healthy child. Mm-hmm. And then once puberty starts around 12 or 13, you can start to see symptoms or uh-huh. symptomology of a mental health issue. Okay. That throws you for a loop. And often it's misdiagnosed or misunderstood because people will label it as puberty or like hormones hormones and all that stuff. But really what happens is once you start puberty, your brain, some of those mental health genes turn on. Got it. So you start to see some anxiety or depression or anything else that's genetically inherited into Mm -hmm. that child Mm -hmm. will turn on during puberty. So half of all mental health issues show up during puberty. They present during? Three-fourths of all mental health issues, if you're going to have one in your genetic code, <clears throat> excuse me, shows up by your mid-20s. So when that brain is fully mm-hmm. insulated by 25, 26, if you have any genetic mental health issues, those are going to show up during that development. Okay. Do you have any, talking about the teenager, teenager, and I mean, you're definitely in the throes of this <laughs> yeah. yourself. Yeah. Yes. Um, somebody suggested to me a, a book that I gave to Hutchison. It was just kind of explaining like all, it's almost like an encyclopedia about how your body's going to change. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And... I mean, he's definitely 
I've, I've, I've gone in there. He's checking some stuff out, mm-hmm. you know, just to have what other resources should we have? Because I think the other thing on the mental health thing, which could be a whole other podcast, would yeah. be just like, hey, you know, we always hear it's not it's OK to be not OK and all mm-hmm. these things. But, I, I, you know, some of that is just like billboard. They don't understand what that actually kind of means. What what should we be giving this mm-hmm. A type personality? Mm-hmm. That's a resource that can give them some independence. Is there anything you suggest there? Like, hey, go to this. Go listen to this. Well, I always recommend, you know, they're so awkward. They don't want to talk about anything awkward or difficult. So um, I always suggest, you know, six or eight books from Amazon. You have a boy or a girl, and then you just put it on their nightstand. Mm -hmm. Okay. You know, if you have girls, the American Girl... I company uh-huh. has a whole series the of body self-help book. books. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I have that for Helen. Mm-hmm. Well, there's mm. the body book is their original, but then they have a whole series mm. of um, self-help books. And these are these are separate from the character books that people think sure. of. Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. But it's about. like um, it's about worry. It's about friends. It's about boys. It's about um, there's there's probably eight or ten books in their um, series that talks specifically about that. And, you know, my daughter's 12 and she had all those, still has them all, but she'll flip through them at night mm-hmm. and, you know, you don't have to read it cover to cover, but you can right. just kind of go through. And for boys, same thing. Um, there's, in fact, I can send you guys, I have a PDF, yeah, we'll put one for the... boys, one for girls, Great. and then you can just order those off of Amazon and you just don't have any conversations. You, you just, just let, just give them information because yes. they are seeking it. Yes. And they will read it when they might, that might make more yeah, be more comfortable than asking mom. Yeah. It's okay. Just well, we will. Okay, we will. Atta- yeah, we will make sure that information is also linked so that we can mm-hmm. um, get that out because that will that will really help. I do think he's you know well, and the Taipei's will clearly have all ordered it by the time this is over. <laughs> no, by the time this podcast is completed, that Amazon cart will be full and the eight books will be on the side table mm-hmm. for every Taipei. <laughs> Slate it. Slate it. The Slate is a co-working and content studio in the heart of the Dallas Design District. To learn more about The Slate, visit us at www.theslateproperties.com. And to submit ideas for podcast guests, please email us, info at theslateproperties.com. Fast Facts is recorded and mixed at The Slate's podcast studio in Dallas.